Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Is the art of letter writing gone? Do you still send letters or maybe you receive them on a more frequent basis than send them? Uh, Liz Maguire is a Dublin-based uh, antiquarian who's with us on the show today because, Liz, you've been collecting uh, old love letters, I believe, for years. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me on. It's a bit of a weird hobby, but I love to talk about it. Yeah, I collect sound uh, mail. And Are they all your own love letters or where do you get them from? Sure. So the project is called Flea Market Love Letters. Uh, and basically since 2017, I've been going to markets. Uh, it started in the States and basically I would buy up shoe boxes of old letters and then, you know, spread them out on the table and, and uh, see what was there. So it's been amazing. Uh, we've over uh, 500 letters archived since then. And uh, there's nearly twice as many left to, to go up on the project. So it's been it's been a fun five years. So what sort of stuff like typically are you are you reading, Liz? Yeah. yeah, so there's all sorts of stuff. The project basically ranges from love letters between, you know, a boyfriend and a girlfriend to a son to a father during the war. And they range from World War One and World War Two and all sorts of, you know, daily life details are included in them. So in some of them, you have people mentioning, you know, the armistice. And then in other ones, you have them saying, you know, the shop was out of milk today, so I'll have to go around tomorrow. So it's just amazing the kind of details that people will include uh, in these these daily accounting. Yeah, I've, I've been asking people is to get in touch with us today in the program about you know whether or not they're still a regular letter writer or do you like to receive letters? Five three one zero six is the number. Actually, if you want, you can email us either if you're at the laptop. That's lunchtime live at newstalk dot com. Um, when you when you're going through the letters that you're collecting uh, from all over the world, do they? Do they ever differ or tend to differ from nation to nation? Like just the style or the type or maybe the sort of stories that people are willing to share? Yeah, of course. So um, the kind of thing that I would say the most is there isn't so much a difference between I have a lot of American letters, I have some English letters and I have a handful of sort of one-off Irish letters. I don't have series of those as much. But what I can say is that a lot of the things that are similar about them are word choice and kind of the way that you would relay an anecdote. So kind of in the way that now you might text your friend something of saying like, oh, you know, I just got off the Lewis and this was happening, blah, blah, blah. This is done in very much the same way. If I just got off the tram car and this is happening, blah, blah, blah. So there's really very much a process of kind of jargon and things like that. Like there's one current series I'm sharing from the 1930s where uh, everyone on Instagram is going crazy because they keep using the word swell and the, the readers of the project on, on Instagram are like campaigning to bring back the word swell. <laughs> do, you, do you notice major like generational changes though? I, I imagine that you must do this when you're going back over the, the old letters. Yeah, of course I do. So the thing I would kind of say is that when you archive vintage love letters, you're bound to find a range of things. Mm. Uh, and of course, there's there's the very sweet and the romantic and then there's the bit saucier bits where you're kind of like, okay, this is a love letter. And uh, the thing that is interesting about collecting the vintage letters is that I think a lot of people think they're the first generation to, you know, have crushes and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, you can you can look back over the centuries, well beyond the oldest letters I have and see that people have been communicating via letter and have been, you know, confessing love and all the wonderful things via via pen and paper for much longer than, than we have been texting. <laughs> so are, are these just letters that you basically find at, you know, markets and in boxes at vintage events and stuff like that? 
They are, yeah, yeah. And then because of the pandemic, um, I went to sort of buying more online. Um, so that was always a bit ironic when Don Postman would bring a, a parcel full of other mail. Um, and I was kind of always saying to him, I was like, oh, you'd be surprised what's in here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever feel, though, Liz, like you're, I don't know, intruding a little bit maybe on yeah. people's stories and their, you know, well, I suppose maybe they did leave it into, you know, a, a market or a vintage shop. So they knew it was being given away, maybe. But is there ever that kind of privacy issue with it? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, and for the five years that I've been doing the project, I've been kind of coming to terms with how to deal with all of it. And basically, the fact is that these are real people's stories, so they're treated as historical artifacts. So one of the things I try to do by sharing them on the website and on the Instagram for Flea Market Love Letters is I try to encourage and remind people that they are real people. So just like you wouldn't necessarily comment on someone's Facebook post that you think, you know, X, Y, Z about them, I remind them very gently that these are real people's stories and that we can learn from them. And there are things included in them that are problematic in 2022 that in 1942 weren't, like word choice and scenarios. And so it's a really great opportunity to use these as historical artifacts and to compare with, you know, how we read them now and to also ask people to, you know, respect history, but also interrogate history. So it's been a really, really intriguing process at that. But yeah, a lot of people are a bit weirded out. I read other people's mail and, and I respect I, I respect that. That's a fair opinion. <laughs> Have you ever met anyone, any of the letters that you've gathered or family members of any of the people? Yeah, so I haven't met anyone in the last few years, especially in the beginning. Um, I didn't really hear from anyone. And then about every six months or so now, I'll get an instant message or an email from someone because I do have a contact form on the site for people who want to learn more. And I have had a few people get in touch that way. And kind of the best way, the best one that I've had is a woman got in touch who actually was the daughter of a friend of one of the women in the letters. So I was sharing these letters, the Ross letters, and then this woman got in touch with me on Instagram and said, you know, oh, I remember Nelda Ross. I grew up knowing her, Mm. um, you know, sort of along the lines of this is really lovely to be able to remember her and see her handwriting again. And so, uh, so far, the response has been really positive. And, you know, they are a touchy subject. They are people's personal mementos. And so you just have to go about it with respect and, and dignity. 1800 453 106 is the number if, if you want to join us here on the programme. If you're, a, you know, a, a letter writer or maybe you like sending them or you like to receive them. Uh, some of the texts in, Liz, on this. This texter says, my dad worked in England for a year and while he and my mum were courting, he used to send her letters every week. They're the sweetest things. We find them uh, in her in her belongings after she passed away. We treasure them. Lovely to have. Oh, that's, that is that is very nice, actually, I think, for, you know, in, in a family situation like that to have them. This texter says it's a shame that letters are gone now. It's all Skype and WhatsApp. I never write letters but I do love to receive them. Uh, this texter, I love getting postcards when people are on holidays. It's nice that people take the time out to sit down and to think of you. It's much more effort than sending a text and for that I think it's so much nicer. George is with us on the line. George, I believe you are an avid letter writer. Andrea, hi. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, thanks, for, thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, yeah I, mean, I my point wasn't necessarily about love letters, reference to your previous speaker, but yeah, I, I wanted to contribute. I mean, my my sense is that uh, I was lucky. We were we were encouraged to write letters every single week at school, um, uh, and we learnt proper paragraph structure, sentence structure. But we learnt how to describe things in the written word, and that is dying, uh, and it's a mm-hmm. great shame. And I think everybody who gets a written letter loves receiving it, but they need to start writing them as well. You know, it's 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 a really important part of communicating. And I think it's a great shame if people don't write letters. 
Do you actually write the letter, George, or do you type it? Oh, no, pen, pen, yeah. pen, ink and pen. And nice buy go. And that's part of the problem. You can't buy good stationery anymore. That's one of the biggest. Right. The retailers have, 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 you know, you have to go looking for good letter writing paper. But, yeah, I, I persevere and I do write letters regularly. And, and I have people on a regular list who, when I'm on holiday, always get a postcard from me. Oh, um, uh, and, and, you know, it should. It start, I was lucky it started at school. Um, but we were encouraged to enjoy the written word. That's my real point here. Um, and, and people are missing out on that. They can't describe things well um, in writing. Uh, and I think it's... it's uh, and then the spelling is obviously a big issue. Yeah, people people big don't time. spell as well. And, and people don't understand the right way to address a letter even. Would you agree with that, Liz? I would, absolutely. And I think George has is, is got the hit the nail on the head there. And for folks like George who are interested in sort of keeping the letter alive, there's a fantastic organization called the Handwritten Letter Appreciation Society, which right. was started by a lady in the UK. And uh, it's fantastic. I'm a member myself. You get a little pin badge. Um, and basically, The Handwritten it's, Letter it's, Society. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're you're dead on about the the stationery and etc. But I think you you're absolutely you've hit the nail on the head there. And uh, it's great to meet another uh, a letter fan uh, and an, an advocate for them. Of yeah. course, this listener has texted in to say they don't teach you how to write a letter in school anymore. I think it's part of the problem. Here's actually a nice one. This texter says I got personalised stationery as a wedding gift years ago with my new married name on it. I thought it was a lovely and a really thoughtful gift. And this listener in 53106 says, my mother was a great letter writer. She'd always include a letter with her Christmas cards for everybody. Uh, There'd always be about 50 letters in them. I actually remember when... Uh, when my dad passed away, a lot of people who sent, um, you know, the, the bereavement cards, the mass cards, you know, af- afterwards, a lot of people, uh, not a lot of people, but some people or old friends from, from school or neighbours, actually, they included like that um, a handwritten letter in it. And I thought that was lovely. I thought it was a really personalised touch, you know, that they'd gone to more than even just the bother of sending the mass card, you know, we're sending a card. And I thought I thought it was lovely. But is, is, are there things, Liz, that make a good that make a good letter? What makes a good letter? Absolutely. Um, so I think that a great letter is sort of you, the best way to write one is to look out the window. Right. So if you're if you're saying you'd like to write a letter, you can look out the window and you can describe what you see. And I think George really, really encapsulated as well when he said people can't describe things anymore. And I think people are very intimidated by sitting down and putting their thoughts on paper and kind of the reluctance comes as well from this idea that when you type, you can delete what you don't like and you can edit and you can perfect. But with a letter, if you look out the window and you see something or you have a memory of something and you put it to pen and paper, uh, there's a real simplicity in that. And it's kind of getting out of your own head and putting it down. So I would say the, the key parts of a letter would be kind of you know, finding that connectivity and that that real message that you want to send to the person to to, to say, I'm thinking of you, uh, and this is what I'm seeing. I wish you could see it too. That yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, but Andrew, I think it also has has benefits. You know, beyond just being able to communicate with you know people you know or families or friends or indeed lovers. But I mean, in business or in a working life, the ability to write well, whether it's a letter. But if you've learned to write that as well, you'll probably learn to write reports better and learn to write yeah. uh, other work-related. So it's it's a it impacts on everything. Um, uh, whether you have to write to your bank to complain to them, a well-written letter might get a quicker response. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do, just out of curiosity, George, the, the letters that you send people, do you, do you get a return mail? 
Uh, well, I mean, I suppose, yeah. I mean, there'll be people who are naturally, people I, I suppose I end up writing letters to more frequently are also avid letter writers who appreciate a written letter. So, yeah, I think the, the two do go together. Yeah. You're encouraged because people say how nice it was to get your letter and it encourages you to do it again, but then the book. same people are also... So I suppose there is a certain amount of preaching to convert it. Yeah. Um, there, there's an but, interesting text, actually, and I, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on this. this. This texter says, linked to letter writing is the dying art of saying thank you to somebody, whether correct. by note or even in a text message, and the increased lack of thank you and courtesy from people is unbelievable. And yet there's another... Oh, I agree. Yeah, would yeah. you agree, Georgia? Would, oh, yeah. completely. I mean, if I go to supper at somebody's house, I will send them a thank you letter. Simple as. You're a, you must be a great guest. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, somebody's entertained you in the house. The least you can do is pop a letter. Send them a post. letter. I'd you say know, bring the bottle be, of wine, but... It doesn't have to be you know, a couple of paragraphs. It doesn't yeah. have to be, you know... The, this listener as well says, I still make my children send thank you letters after getting a present. It's so well, rare to uh, to receive them. Um, do you think, Liz, that people maybe should try and make a little bit more of an effort? Absolutely. I uh, I actually sort of, I really try and lead with an attitude of gratitude. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from letter writing myself and from working with the letters. Because like I said, you, you witness a lot of very intense historical moments in the periphery in these letters. You might be a day before a significant bombing in World War II, or you might be, you know, a couple months before the Great Depression starts in the middle of the U.S., so these are very intense moments that you're witnessing, and, and it very, it's very humbling to sort of read the perspective and the, the simplicity of them. And so taking that and turning that, and I 100% agree with George about, you know, the gratitude and the thank you and the sincerity, um, I really think that there is just something about pen to paper. And whether it's, you know, two or three lines or, or something along those lines, you cannot convey gratitude any better I think than with a handwritten card Well I'd love to hear from other listeners today 53106 do you agree with Liz and George is the art of letter writing gone or just even people your own stories and whether or not you still send letters let us know on the text line this afternoon there's actually there's an email I've just got in um, here on this on this topic of letter writing and this listener says, my dad died a couple of years ago of old age and between COVID and everything, my family and I are only going through his personal belongings. Now, he was a private man, a hard worker, good breadwinner for the family. He was hard to talk to sometimes and I guess he was a man of his era, preferred to keep things to himself. But while going through his personal belongings, including correspondence letters from friends, I found many love letters from another man. I've kept the letters to myself and read them many times up alone at night. I'm beyond shocked, not that he may have been gay, but by the secret, the secret life and the pain of it all. The letters spanned decades. I've no idea if my mother knew. She's still with us, but I'm unsure whether to disclose the information to her or my family members and siblings. I long for more answers, but don't want to upset the family. And I'm wondering if anybody else has gone through this. That's a Yeah, that email has actually come in from a listener who wants to stay anonymous. But look, if that resonates with anybody else out there who found maybe just just came on some major secret in letters um, that they found maybe going through family members or friends, personal belongings, you can get in touch with us today, 1800 453 Or as always, you can email us. That's lunchtimelive at newstalk.com. Still to come, though, on the programme, do we need more speed ramps in residential areas? We'll be chatting about that. Up next, though, on Lunchtime Live, giving up the phone for 48 hours. Could you do it? Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.